Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, The Life and Times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse. But whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It. I want to start off again by saying thank you to everyone who is listening. Looks like I got a whopping about 26 people that appear to be somewhat regular. But uh, for those 26-plus people, maybe 29 on a good day, Hey, I thank you very much. Please continue to listen and share it with others. I enjoy doing it. Also, want to put a shout out to uh, our Lord and Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior, I should say. And um, God is good, man. I tell you what, we're blessed. We're blessed as a nation. Don't get caught up in all this chatter and, and uh, distraction stuff. I want to share a story today about a a part of my childhood that I'm I'm not very proud of. And you know what? I wished I would have had a long talk with mom and daddy when they were older, and I, I think I would have known what the answer I would have got when I would have said, well, how did you tolerate me? And, I, well, I don't know what answer they would have given me. I take that back. I, I, I don't know what answer they would have. Daddy would have just said, I thought you was just damn crazy and you was never going to mount to nothing. Mama, uh, I guess you prayed a lot for me. I don't know. But this is a story about getting caught smoking. Now, when we was young, uh, me and my sister Robin, we was young. Mama always smoked. I mean, Eleanor Daniels had two things in her hands, three if she was mad. But normally she had two things in her hand, and that was a cigarette and a cup of coffee. And if she was mad, she had a cigarette and a cup of coffee and something to hit you with, whether it was a fly swatter, whether it was a spatula, or one of them big old glass ashtrays that, that weighed 15 pounds and looked like it was a piece of furniture. And yes, I've been hit by that too. But, you know, I, I remember when me and Robin was real little, you know, we was fascinated with the matches, and I think it was Robin that got caught. I don't think it was me, but somehow or another, I, it's in my memory bank. But I think it was Robin got caught in the closet. Maybe I was closing the closet door because she could see it. But she was in the closet striking matches to see how they worked. <laughs> you know, how many houses have ever been burnt down? Well, I mean, what could possibly go wrong, right? Uh, a bunch of first and second graders or third graders in a closet striking matches with clothes and a whole bunch of other combustible items wanting to see if it would light up the dark. Uh, yeah. But anyway, there, there. I'm just going to go through a series of these. And again, I don't see how mama and daddy survived me. I don't, I don't, I don't know what. I am so glad and thankful to our Lord that my children didn't turn out like me. Uh, my wife and I probably wouldn't even be married. Hell, who knows? But there was a time where we was living in McCray, Georgia, and was I influenced by them? Yeah, but it, that, that's not the point of the story. It doesn't matter. Uh, there were cigarettes in our house all the time, and uh, but I, I got caught smoking because I had took some of them cigarettes for one of them Hartley boys across the street, and um, and I brought it to the house, and I was back around this little shed thing we had out there. I don't know where my sister was on this day, 
But we had this little old, you know, uh, one of them outhouses you like, not not to use a bathroom. It was a little one of them little storage outhouses made out of you know tin or or aluminum siding or whatever. It was the, it was the one that the door had the the louvers that you could crank a little knob and the and the and the wind, the front window would let the heat out or whatever, and the back window was like that too. And and then uh, not that a red rider shot my eye out, but uh, I took the notion one day to see if I could hit that glass panel with my BB gun and what would happen. Well, it did, and it broke, and it was cool. So I thought I'll shoot another one, you know. And I don't understand what the logic is when we're when we're when we're young as like this, other than the fact that we're just absolutely stupid and have no sense whatsoever. But to shoot it and then to do it again and do it again. So uh, that that reminds me of a story. And I'm going to squirrel a little bit, but I'll come back to the smoking thing. My daddy took me to an Atlanta Braves baseball game on more than one occasion. And I would probably say if I could remember them all, it was probably three. And uh, But on one particular day, me and daddy was coming back from Atlanta from a baseball game. And daddy was not a big sports fan. He, he wasn't by any stretch. But we had, we had come back from a baseball game. And one of the players... Uh, had given me a baseball, and I don't know the player's name. It's not it's not relevant, but he had given me the damn ball. Of course, I thought it was cool, and I don't know how old I was. I couldn't have been very old, maybe five or six, whatever. But I remember laying in the back seat of that brown Chevrolet Impala four door that had no uh, no AC. This was the same Chevrolet Impala Daddy ripped me out of and beat the crap out of me in front of that man and woman because I whistled at that woman getting out of that Corvette in front of Shoney's. It's the same car. But I was I was in the back seat laying there and had all the windows open. And at a child that age, having no idea at what the Doppler effect was, but I, I noticed that sound made different. It changed when you pass certain things, you know, and it would be that kind of stuff, not knowing what Doppler was, not knowing how sound works and its energy and all that kind of stuff. But I remember going, choom, choom, and I remember laying there in the back seat, and things were going by the window so fast. I'm like, dang, man. And I was just studying on it. But I'm laying there, and I got that baseball in my hand, and I'm kind of laying on my back, and I'm throwing it up, you know, just from my belly. I'm throwing it up probably five, six, seven inches. And I noticed that the baseball didn't go backwards. It didn't go backwards. Everything else was moving, but I'm thinking to myself, why is it that when I throw the ball up and it's suspended in air, why don't it just take off and go to the back seat? I mean, go toward the back, like quick. And I and I couldn't figure it out. I thought, well, that's odd. So here I was having my own science experiment or physics, but I think it was a science experiment. I'm having a physics lesson in the back seat. So, and I, and I you know what? I don't know. Daddy didn't know either. I threw the ball out the window. <laughs> And I thought, I, I kid you not, I actually, my logic was that if I threw the ball out the window, it'll stay with us and it'll it'll move along with the car because it was doing it when, my, when I'm throwing it up in the air in my belly. But I threw it out the window. Let me tell you, daddy saw it out the, out the mirror. I don't know how he saw it, but he saw it. I threw that ball out the window and that ball was gone. Pew! And it disappeared. And I remember thinking, well, hell, it wasn't supposed to do that. Daddy hit the brakes. Pulls over, says a bunch of choice words to me, knows that there's no hope I'll go get in that damn ball, shook his head, and then we drove off. Yeah, I did that. So all I can say is for parents, if any new parents are listening to this or if you got your grandparents and you got grand youngins and, you, and you're wondering what in the world, 
Yeah, we're just learning. We was just learning. All right, anyway, back to smoking. So we was living in McCray, Georgia, and back behind that little old uh, shed building back there, I had me some matches and a cigarette, and I was smoking. Now, I had this was not my first cigarette, mind you. I was literally, I, I, I say this with no sense of pride whatsoever. I was in the first grade, and I'd done smoked me a whole bunch of cigarettes. And I, and I, you know what? I think I enjoyed it because I did it more than once after I learned how to not, to, you know, die. So there I was smoking, and Mama found me. Oh, son, giddy up. There was a beating commenced, and she beat the crap out of me. And, you know, I can't think. I, I wonder what Mama was thinking. I'm whooping him, but I'm the one who smokes. So who knows? I don't know. So uh, got me a good ice whooping. And then it was not six months, eight months later, I got caught smoking again in the same place, mind you. Yeah, not, not real smart. Got caught smoking again. Took another whooping for that. And then the third time I got caught smoking in the same house, I'd climbed up on top of the house. I thought, well, she ain't going to catch me up here. So now I'm, I'm in the second grade, I guess. But I'm on top of the house. Now, in McCray, Georgia, we had a house that had a, uh, a an elevated back patio thing that a tree grew right out of the damn thing. The tree grew right up out of it and was right next to the house. I mean, it was easy climbing. You, you could scale that tree and I was zip, zip, and boom, you was on top of the house. And when me and my other buddies, we'd play Army, we'd get all our guns and play Army and this stuff, and uh, that was a good place, man. You'd get on top of the house and you could run around and and, you, and your friends that didn't know didn't know that you knew that was a, a, a place to get up there and perch, I'd always get them. I'd be shooting them from the top of the house. So, and we didn't have, you know, Nerf guns and BB, we had BB guns, but we didn't have Nerf guns and and uh, whatever the little round pellet ball guns are, airsoft, whatever they call them. We didn't have that stuff, so you just had to make noise. And then you had to convince whoever you were shooting at that you got them. So you had to, you had to actually, this is how it worked back in the 60s and the 70s. You had to go, bam, 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 I got you, man. So you had to make a couple of good shots in repetition, and it had to be immediately followed with, I got you. And if they go, oh, you had you had to stand your ground, man. You had to you make sure, no, uh, I got your ass. You you are dead. So anyway, that's the way it worked. But I got caught smoking again on top of the house. And I, again, got another ass whooping. A good one. A good one that time. I remember mama, oh, golly, Pete. So I don't know what she's telling telling uh, daddy all these times. So that that goes on, and we moved to Butler and whatnot, and and I guess I had a different group group of friends. I'm not saying the other ones were bad, but I went for a, I went through a stage where, you know, we moved back to Taylor County, and uh, started the third grade, and that was the first year that they had integrated the schools and separated the boys and the girls. And that's another story went in itself, but uh, got on up in there, and then you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever grade. I forget how old I was. I think I was like twelve or thirteen. Uh, I think I was thirteen, and uh, and now I didn't got me. I started smoking. Uh, started smoking. So. Anyway, needless to say, I had started smoking, and and now I was actually smoking. But I had a I had a I had a uh, a favorite cigarette, and I, I started to favor a cigarette. And uh, man, I'm sitting here telling a story, and I I don't write any notes when I do these, but I'm sitting here telling a story, and I can't think of it. It was a menthol. It was merit menthols. That's what they was. They was merit menthols. So I was smoking me some merit menthols, and I was getting pretty good with it, you know. And I kept it under wraps and. Uh, Daddy didn't smoke that much. Daddy would smoke if he was a bunch around a bunch of men smoking. I think he smoked just to tolerate it. I'm not sure. He was not a heavy smoker. 
and a regular smoker by any means. And then it was not uncommon at the end of the day at the Butler Red and White, Daddy may go up and bum a cigarette off Mama. And maybe that was like, uh, instead of having a glass of wine or a beer, Daddy would just finish the day with a cigarette. And anyway, so I was smoking the Merit Menthols, and Mama, I think she knew it. And now I was, you know, a teenager and whatnot, and 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 just getting in my teenage age, and and uh, and I think she knew it. And she just didn't say nothing. But one day, one day, she said something. I think she found them, and she. I remember her holding that pack of Merit Menthol in my face, and she was waving it real close to my nose. She said, "You shouldn't smoke these." They're bad for you. I said, oh. So I took it to heart, and I quit. I did. But I started chewing tobacco because we had a lot of that at this grocery store too. So uh, I started chewing tobacco. Yep, I sure did. And I started chewing tobacco and a pack of Red Man, and I was learning the trade, brother, after I got sick and liked to throw up my guts a couple of times. But I learned how to chew tobacco, and uh, I thought that was going to be the thing to do. And I don't know why I did it, but I did it because because some other folks are doing it, and you know what? You're you're young and who knows? But I, I was chewing tobacco and I was learning to spit and all that kind of stuff, not swallow. And then Mama caught on to that. And then there was another day, and this was on a closing day at the Butler Red and White. And Mama showed a pack of Red Man, just like that pack of that Merit Menthol. She put it right in my damn face, and she's waving at my face. She goes, "You need to stop doing this." She goes, "I'd rather you go back to smoking." Oh hell, really? Eleanor Daniels, and I think I was 14 then, Eleanor Daniels actually told me I should stop chewing tobacco, but I should go back to smoking. But she 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 followed that statement with, but you ought not to be smoking the menthols. They're bad for you. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. My mother told me, stop chewing tobacco, but go back to smoking. But don't smoke menthols because they're bad for you. Well, okay, I can figure that out. So there I was, buddy, Winston Lights. And I smoked Winston Lights. For quite a long time, and uh, I, I I hid it. I never smoked in front of mom and daddy until I uh, came home from boot camp, and then I, I lit my. I was eighteen, you know. I was eighteen and in the navy. I figured, hell, I've earned a right. I can smoke in front of mom and daddy, and I did. And they didn't say nothing. And we sit around the kitchen table after I'd come home on leave sometime, and me and mom and daddy and and uh, Miss Carolyn and Mister Austin. Uh, I don't know. I don't. You know what? I look back now in retrospect. I don't know how in the hell we sat in that kitchen because it ain't very big. But could you imagine sitting in there with four or five folks smoking? How did we do it? I don't know how Daddy put up with it. Golly, Pete, or sitting in a den and watch, you know, Lawrence Welk or or uh, the Animal Kingdom, whatever it was. Uh, what was that called? Anyway, the Animal Kingdom. I guess what it was called. Mutual of Omaha. That's what it was. Mutual of Omaha's uh, Animal Kingdom. And and smoke cigarettes, or or the Walt Disney world, world of Walt Disney, and smoke cigarettes. I don't I don't know how we stayed in the house. So anyway, and my sister smoked off and on, and, and but she wasn't a serious smoker either. And I smoked uh, pretty regularly uh, from then on. From then on, I smoked regularly. And uh, I'll go ahead and say this because my, my buddies may be upset at me, but. Uh, uh, me and and Todd and Dwayne and Bill. I'm not sure if Larry ever smoked. I don't know. Larry, you can correct me. But anyway, we all smoked. And we thought it was cool. We thought it was a thing to do. Uh, I think most of us have given all that crap up, but uh, we realized that, it, that it, a, it wasn't good for us. And, and it stinks, and I can't stand it now. But I smoked regularly all the way up till I was uh, until 1986. So I, I smoked 
even when I went to combat air crew school in Pensacola, Florida, I scaled off a lot because I could tell it was bothering my running. We had to run damn near 10 miles every day. So I could tell that was bothering me. So I kind of backed off on it and really looked after my health. And when I was, and then I know I'm squirreling, but this, I'll throw in a story here and there and yonder. But when I went to combat air crew, air crew school in Pensacola, Florida, it's called NACUS, uh, Naval Air Crew Candidate School. And it's still there. Uh, that was an awesome school. Uh, I was a second-class petty officer. I got there in uh, 1983, and I'm trying to think what month it was. It was probably, I think it was like July or August of 83 is when I got there in Pensacola. And it was hot as blazing jimmies. I know that. And uh, I was a second class. I made second really early in my Navy career. Uh, I was aviation ordinance, but I got there, and uh, and and I loved it. I mean, to be paid, and I was a second class. I wouldn't make a whole lot of money. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't make any money at all. But to be there in Pensacola, Florida, and every day, every day, and I say this is probably one of the greatest things about the military going through all the training is because every day I still get paid, but I'm paid to learn and to work out. And and not fail, not not fail. And I'm going to do another story about how to pass a room inspection. But uh, it was it was a great great point in my life. So I scaled off on smoking. But then when I got back, got out of the, all the air crew school and stuff like that, and I went through all my pipeline training and went to Jacksonville and VP thirty, and then did all my training to VP thirty. Then I'm, then I'm going up there to my first uh, patrol squadron as an air crewman. Went to VP forty four from Brunswick, Maine, and uh, I was still smoking. And I smoked regularly. Uh, and back, and back then, let me tell you, back then, man, I flew in the P3 Orion. We had update Charlie 2's aircraft. And back then, uh, hell, you know, we, we smoked in the airplane and I can't imagine the crew members who didn't smoke. They must have, I don't, I don't know how they did it. Poor Rick Dover. Rick Dover was a sensor two operator on my crew. Oh, poor Rick Dover had to sit next to Timmy Dow. And I love Timmy Dow. Timmy Dow died an early man, but Timmy Dow smoked without without reserve that boy smoked non and he smoked menthols get this now but timmy dowd from from uh lewiston maine no is he lewiston maine richmond maine he was a mainer little timmy dowd uh four foot something or eight no he wasn't four foot something he was five foot something but he was a short little old dude uh harry called him the hobbit before the any of the movies ever came out and uh timmy smoked a lot but rick dover was a, a physical fitness nut and a, and a bodybuilder and, and he's from columbus georgia i think i think rick now lives in atlanta but Rick, uh, Rick had to sit next to him, and I, I don't say I tolerated it because after I quit smoking, I couldn't tolerate it. I couldn't stand it. But I smoked all the way up to New Year's Eve, 1986, in Keflavik, Iceland. And when the New Year rang in, I looked at the pack of cigarettes I had, and I gave them away, and I said, I'm done. I'm done. And I did. That was it. I quit, and I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm done smoking, and it, and 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 Jerry Rose, Doc Jerry Rose, our uh, Navy uh, uh, flight surgeon in our squadron, uh, told me one day that you know because I I'd had a physical or something shortly before that. He got me. He really got me really thinking on it. And he said, you know, you really need. He goes, you're a young man. You're physically fit. You're you know you're you got everything going for you. You're you're a first class. You made first class early. You got an outstanding Navy career in front of you. You're an ATOPS instructor, blah, 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 blah. You might want to consider stop smoking. I said, well, Doc, I don't know how. He said, well, I can tell you how. Let me, you know, let me show you step one. I said, absolutely. Is it that easy? He goes, yeah, it's easy. He says, it's easy. That's what Jerry Rose said. Jerry Rose, Doc Rose, had the biggest fingers in the world. And anybody that ever flew air crew in the Navy knows what I mean when you talk about your flight surgeon, you talk about the size of her fingers. 
But old Doc Rose took me over. I was sitting on that table in his office. He said, hop down off there. Petty Officer Daniels. So I hopped off, and he immediately acted like we was going to walk out the door, and he stopped, and he kind of bushed me with his shoulder to the right, and there was a mirror. He said, you need to talk to that person right there and convince that person that you need to stop smoking and that you are a non-smoker. And that's what Jerry Rose said to me. And then shortly thereafter, I quit on New Year's Eve, 1986. So I rang in the year of 1987, and I ain't smoked since. So uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. But the story was about me getting caught. And I'm ashamed to say, and I'll tell my children, I'll tell my grandchildren if they want to know it, that I was a knucklehead. And yes, I was smoking in the first grade. And I got caught a couple of times. And I was smoking, I know, when I was in the second and third grade. And then I got caught again some other later. Maybe sometimes I'm not telling you because I either A, forgot about them or I'm, I'm already at the 20-minute mark here. But I got caught smoking a lot. Let's just say that. And uh, the ones I remember most were in McCray because M- Mama beat me an inch from my life every time. And, you know, evidently it didn't work. So that's another story. You can you can whip your kids and, and, and you think it works. Uh, sometimes it don't. Uh, it didn't with me, but I was a slow learner. <laughs> that's all I can say. All right, that's it. I squirreled a little bit, and um, I'm going. I'm going. I've got a note here. I'm going to. I'm going to tell the story about. Uh, hell, I don't forget what it was now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I, uh, let me read my notes here. Oh, yeah, the, the story about uh, me me uh, going to school in the third grade, coming back, moving back to Taylor County. I looked here. I, I wrote TC three. I didn't know what that meant. Taylor County third grade. So going back to the, we moved back to Butler, Georgia, and I just started the third grade, and I and I I just it literally it was a culture shock because I had come from McRae, Georgia, over in Telfair County, and the schools were already integrated, and I didn't see what the you know at third grade, but I knew there was a lot of talk at the kitchen table about it, and I didn't see what all the big deal was, and I'm like, well, I I don't I don't see what the problem is, but uh, let's just say that when I went to the third grade in Taylor County, the climate was a lot different than uh, it was where I just came from. It was a lot different. I'll just leave it at that. And I'll tell you what Daddy told me to do and how I got in trouble, and Larry Wilkerson was shocked. All right, that's it. So it's uh, I'm a little late on this one, man. It's Wednesday, and usually I get these things out by 4 in the morning, but it's been the holidays, been really busy. I'm doing a job change and whatnot, so uh, that's it. Uh, God is good. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I hope everybody has a great year of 2023. I know it's going to be prosperous. It's going to be prosperous one way or the other. It's going to be prosperous. So I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Like, share, get other folks to join in on here. And if any of the Butler folks that do watch this, if if you're inclined, feel free to shoot me a note and say, hey, Jerry, tell the story about blank. And if if I tell it (laughs) because I remember it, I will. If I don't, I may ask you to say, well, you got to fill in the holes. So, and Todd Smith's a wonderful one to fill in the holes because I'll talk to Todd Smith about some stuff and I only have 20% and then immediately he'll rattle off the other 80% and stuff I didn't either forgot or didn't. I, anyway, I don't know how he does it. He, it's amazing. Damn man makes caffeine nervous, but he remembers stuff. Let me tell you that. All right, so I'm signing off, man. It, uh, it, is, it is America. We live in a great country. And to quote my great friend from Elgin, South Carolina, retired Navy Warrant Officer Mike Coker, Y'all have a blessed day and bicycle. Uh-huh.